0: Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted.
1: Welcome to Not So Serious... On the B&E podcast, where artistry meets industry, in some regard.
0: <laughs> not so serious.
1: Not so serious. <laughs> uh, that's good, I like that. That was fresh. Yeah. That was a different one. Yeah. One of kind. That's what we try to do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we're doing that not so serious thing here mm-hmm. today. Uh we're going to just start gabbing, figure out what it is we're talking about as we're talking about it. Yes. And, um, find some kind of a title for it at the end Mm -hmm. of the podcast. So, which again, I feel like we comment on this, like almost every single time. It's like, were you, if you're listening to this, know (laughs) more about what this podcast is about at this moment in time (laughs) from where you're hearing right now, you know more about what this podcast is about than we actually do at the time of recording it. Just this episode though.
0: Yeah. You know, don't flatter
1: yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: but I think that's, that's always the thing with these not so serious Sundays is we don't know what's going to happen or how it's going to go and what we're going to yeah. discover. Yeah. We don't and, know how we're going to intro.
1: Yeah. We don't know. And anything. usually it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty good. It, it's funny. I was, uh, I was just because I, uh, I was editing some of the, um, the, the podcast cast audio files, um, for release this week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and one of them that, that I edited is, uh, is called, um, uh, who knows what the hell we talked about. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was really good. And so like, usually like, I just have to like check at the end of it more so like for when, you know, the music plays out and when that comes in at the end of the conversation and it was hysterical. (laughs) I listened to it over a few times just oh, really? because I was like, this is so, so funny. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna have to, I'm gonna have to re-listen to the end of that
1: one. Yeah. Like just like literally you just like listen to I mean, if you're hearing this podcast right now, you can listen to the whole thing. Cause I think it was actually a pretty good podcast. You didn't, you were, you were just like, I don't know, man. I don't know <laughs> what I just talked about for the last little bit. <laughs> but in my perspective, I was like, I don't think it was actually that bad. Um, uh, you
0: thought it was good. I, it was one of those days for me where I was like, you know, I, I don't know, like, I don't, I think that was a, one of those things of just kind of like acceptance. Cause like, I think there's certain days where you just feel on, you're ready and, and everything's just working. And then the conversation flows. Maybe like I have like a good kind of understanding of the subject matter. And then that day it was just like, I just like, I don't know, like if I'm contributing, <laughs> I, yeah. I feel weird today you know, but like, I think it's important to show up at those times,
1: right? I mean, I yeah, mean, I mean, cause you're not, sometimes that, that happens. Yeah. I mean, you are just, there's going to be days when, when you're just not, you're not at the top of your game. Yeah. Um, and it's, and there's not a, a whole hell of a lot that you can do about that. Right. Um, at that point you just, you, you just still show up, Yeah. you know, and and you put whatever you've got into it as best you can, but it happens. Totally. That's what we do as artists. You know, we
0: show up regardless. Yeah. I think, um, you know, and you know, if you're on a movie or something as an actor or whatever, you're writing a script, I mean, there's going to be days where you're, you know, and sometimes not just days, but it could be weeks where you feel, you know, you just don't feel like you're at your top of your game or you just feel like something's off or whatever, and you got to do it anyway. And I'd say like that probably the difference between a professional writer and an amateur writer is a professional writer writes when it's difficult and an amateur doesn't. And that's Mm -hmm. really a lot of what makes the difference. You know, I'm working with, uh, working with a writer right now and, um, technically uh, their first uh, professional gig or whatever. And, you know, they brought up to me some of their challenges, like, uh, you know, just like, you know, now that they're getting down to it, they're like, Oh yeah. Like now, like all these fears and all this stuff are coming up. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, I totally get that. I mean, you know, that ha that happens for me, like every single project. It's so weird. It's like, um, but one of the, one of the famous writers, I think in masterclass or something like that, he was like, he, he's apparently he said something like every time he sits down to write, he's like, why did I think I could do this? <laughs> you know, like, but that's kind of what it's like. It's you know, I think sometimes it's just, you know, especially when you start it. You know, there's a point I think where you're gonna hit and you go like, I I don't know if I'm if I can bring anything to this. I don't know if you know what I have is the stuff. You know. Yeah. And I think that that battle as an artist is one of the, our most important battles that we all face because. I think what, what I've begun to realize more and more is just that everybody feels that way. Yeah. It's just that some people just don't look like they feel that way. And so we assume that, oh, well they don't feel that way, but I do. So I must have a problem, you know? And yeah. it's like, no, but they, they felt that too. And maybe they work through it. Maybe they haven't,
1: mm-hmm. But you know, I think we all question whether we're enough. Yeah. And I think that that's where having a certain amount of knowledge about your, about your own process, um, can really help push you through. And I also think that it's an opportunity for us to see, um, where we have some of our judgments Mm. around it, because, you know, the, the whole idea, it's like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not on my game. Yeah. I'm not on it. It's like, well, why do you think that way? Why do you think that you're not on your game mm-hmm. to begin with? Right. Cause it's, it's usually some kind of an emotion. Yeah. You know, there's an emotion that's behind that. And then you say, well, I'm not on my game. That's a story. Right. That you tell yourself. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, I, I, I don't have it. It's like, well, you don't know that you don't have it. You actually don't know that if you just trust whatever the hell you've got at that moment in time, maybe that's exactly what it's supposed to be. Mm hmm. Well, how do you even know you have it? Yeah. That's another question.
0: Like, you know, like, and and I remember, uh, you know, in acting school and stuff, like teachers talking about that, like if you went in and you thought you killed it or you thought that you like bombed it, it's like, how do you know either way? Like, how do you really know? You know, I think I really like Ted's approach, um, which has helped me a lot with auditions particular uh, auditions, but just with everything, it's like Ted Whittle, Ted Whittle. Yeah. Yeah. But go in and you have like, you have something that you're trying to do Yeah, and just do that, do that really well to the best of your ability. Don't worry about all this other stuff. And so like, you know, you might go in and and this is a really great exercise, especially for actors who, you know, like when you're, I think when you're maybe maybe you're auditioning, but like a lot of the people you're up against are like these real seasoned pros and they book, they book all these shows and you're the new person on the block. And you just like, well, what, what am I bringing compared to these guys? And without too much hubris or ego, I think the thing is you can go in and you can just do something. Like you can be like, I'm just going to really connect with that reader. Like if I get, if I can go through that audition and I feel like we had a connection and I made that happen that I've won this audition and that's something you can, you could do. Yeah. But if you try to be like, I want to act real good, you know, I want to be a really good actor today. It's like, how how do you even measure that? Like, like, and then, you know, you (laughs) can just tear yourself apart. Like you could be like, well, you know, I didn't feel as much as I could have. I didn't, I too much eye contact, not enough eye contact. You know, I was, You know, Uh, all this stuff. It just you uh, know, just the list can go on. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And so that you know, that's it. Like I remember, I did. There was one exercise I did for a little bit, and I just wanted to be like, you know, just listen really, really well. Just like really, just hear everything for the first time, and that's all you got to do. And and I find like listening or trying to connect with the reader are probably two of the best exercises you can do because they they make. At least for me, but I think with other like as a director, I've seen this with other actors. If I just get them to just really listen or just really try to connect, sometimes yeah, it can be a little too much or it can be a little weird here or there. But for the most part, there's something going on because yeah. you you see watching someone process is
1: exciting. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sometimes we forget that one. It, of my, one of my favorite actors to watch process is um, Robert Redford. Oh yeah, watch anything from Robert Redford. He's you know like he wasn't like a, a big character actor or anything like that, but you watch the way that that guy listens and processes mm. in his work, man, he is so good. Yeah. He is so good. Um, well, yeah, I mean the, the, I remember, um, Larry Silverbrick, used to have posted like, he had all these little sayings posted in, in his class. And one of the things was really talk, really listen. Mm. Like so simple, so simple, but it's, it's funny how, um, as actors and, and as artists and all kinds of other things that we do, it's like that we completely forget the simple things that are actually the things that, that can, that can create great work. Right. You know, not necessarily, you know, it's, um, I came across another quote again recently, Um, and it was, it was really fricking terrific. And it was all about art, just like what art is or how art comes about. And it was basically saying art isn't, um, isn't incidental. I think that's what, how it kind of went to paraphrase it. Art isn't incidental. It's, it's coincidental to us having told our story as best as we can. That sounds really complicated. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It might be like being a little inaccurate on, on this. What does it, what does it mean? What's basically the, the idea is that, um, the art comes from, from us just trying to be as honest as possible. Hmm. Like that's, but like, it's not through some will or effort on our part that we can create. We can't will the creation of art. We can't force it. Mm. It's art. Isn't something that can be forced, right? It has to be welcomed. It has to be, it has to have room to, to breathe and to fill the space on its own. Mm. Um, and the way that that happens is through us actually just committing to telling our story, telling, and telling it as truthfully as we can muster it. Right. And then it can show up. Right. Right. But you can't just be like, this is gonna be art. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work
0: that way. Um, yeah, no, I can see that. I mean, I, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it, it's interesting, like, especially with writing, like, you know, I've found that with writing is like, it's those moments usually when I'm not trying to do anything, that something really great comes out of it. And I've been noticing more, especially since we've been doing these talks, I've been noticing more of the art in life, like, uh, just like things that'll happen in life that are, they're so perfect and nobody planned them or anticipated them or whatever. But it's like, just things that will, things that will happen in life. You know, it's like, um, like it's, it's almost like, like, I think like with art, it's like, if you try to control too much, you, 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 it's like, uh, you have to move, like you're only really moving one piece, but like life is already, already moving. So like when you kind of let it be what it is, you don't have to work so hard because there's many moving pieces and you might not be consciously aware of them all. Yeah. And, I think like, I really like Ted Whittle's advice on, on acting, at least for auditioning, um, which, you know, has helped me a lot, which is really just focus on the one thing I'm doing. Because if I just don't get too worried about trying to control everything, the whole, I trust that the whole, like to me, I kind of interpret that as the whole environment is going to happen. The, the scene's already written. The director's going to direct, the casting director is going to point some things out, whatever's going to happen. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, I don't really get to decide who my reader is, how much they're going to connect with me, all of this other stuff. But I do get to control what I'm going to do and, and what my intention is. Mm-hmm. And I think that life's very simple a lot of the time. You know, like, you know, if, if, um, if you want to go talk to somebody, you, you just go up and talk to them. You don't like, and I think that's where, like, you know, I, I like bringing the, the whole dating reference in because I feel like people can relate to that or it doesn't even matter if you're in a relationship or not in a relationship Let's say, say you like somebody, you want to talk to them, right? If Everybody try- can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> if you like somebody, you want to talk to them. Doesn't matter, right? But you, you you want to talk to them. If you try and control the whole circumstance, if you try to make it go a certain way, if you try to predict and, and figure out how to do everything right, yeah. by that, the moments pass. You know, you yeah. kind of simply just have to go and, and, and start a conversation
1: and then figure out how to kind of roll with it. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about that is when you do go into that situation, trying to like force it and stuff. Cause like, I've seen that happen. I've done it. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> like I, I, and I've done it too. And, yeah. and I, and I've watched friends do it, especially like, you know, with, with men, you learn all of this, like pickup art and pick up strategy and stuff like that. And you see this, like this tactic, that's like being done to somebody. Mm. And the thing is like, it's pretty, for the most part, it ends up coming off really shallow. Right. And it makes people feel really unsafe too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very superficial.
0: I mean, I think like, I think like the guys that I have seen who have been really good at like, say meeting women or example, or just like connecting with people, it doesn't even mean women. Like they're just good at bringing people together. The guys who I've seen are the best at it. Don't often think too much about what they're doing. It's like they're, you know, there's a certain kind of relaxed um, kind of, uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna connect, I'm gonna joke, I'm gonna do whatever. Um, but when people are really trying to push, I you know, I think it just you you can you can sense it, you can see it. Like I remember when I was in university, I've shared this before in other podcasts, but when I was in university, on my first year going there you know, I, I went in, I didn't know anybody. And, uh, my goal was, I just wanted to, you know, I, I, I wanted a girlfriend. So I was going to go out and I was going to meet women and I was going to yeah. put myself out there. You know what I mean? And I didn't really have anything to lose, but also didn't know what I was doing, you know? So it was yeah. kind of like, we'll figure it out. But I started to just like, you know, because I didn't really, I didn't have any like pickup game strategy. I didn't have anything like that all I had was my will really to like go and talk to people. Uh, often all I would really say was, Hey, how's it going? Or, Hey, you know, and, and like, I remember one of the first girls I met and, you know, we're still friends to this day. Um, she was looking at some art and they had an art exhibit going on and I just yeah. walked up and she was looking at painting. I'm like, Hey, this is a pretty cool painting. You know, what do you think of it? Yeah. And she was just like, yeah, yeah. She's like, I like it. You know, and it started a conversation and then boom, you know, all of a sudden we're hanging out like, um, and we're talking and then we're hanging out. Right. And I I remember one of the guys came up to me like later because, you know, I kind of like, I I became kind of the guy that was always really good at bringing the parties together, bringing the Mm -hmm. people together, bringing the women together with the guys. Like most of my guy friends, their relationships today are based on the fact that I introduced them to women that like (laughs) I initially met. And I'm not saying like anything necessarily happened between us, just the fact that I wanted to connect with people. Yeah. And I remember one of my buddies saying, well, what do you say? Like, what do you, what do you do? What's your line? Or what do you, do? and I was like, um, and I was just very straight. I'm just like, Hey, how's it going? He's like, no, it isn't. He just like, couldn't believe it. He couldn't buy the fact yeah. that my whole thing was just, Hey, how's it going? And yeah. like, it's funny. Cause you actually reminded me of that. Like, you know, cause I, I've been kind of doing the single thing. I haven't even really gone on any dates or done anything. And I was kind of feeling like a little bit kind of like, Oh man, dating, like, I feel like there's so much expectation to do so much, you know. Yeah, and then you reminded me. It's like, yeah, like you know, maybe just allow yourself to be you. And I was like, you know what? Of course. And like, it's funny because all of a sudden (laughs) you just—it's so simple. (laughs) It's really (laughs) simple. You just start saying hi to people, and like, you're gonna get people who are gonna like turn their nose up at you, or like they're just—they got a bad attitude. Yeah. But they have a bad attitude regardless. Like, do you really want to try and like diffuse their bad attitude with some like? trick. They just have a bad attitude. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, nothing's going to change that. That's the them issue, you yeah. know? And so like, if someone's a real approachable person, someone's like in a good place, you know, they got a good attitude about life. It doesn't take much to connect with them. It's just a, Hey, you know, how you doing? Or Hey, you know, what beer are you drinking? Or Hey, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's, it's very simple. And I think
1: like, um, and it, then you listen and you respond and you have a conversation with somebody like a human being. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's, and
0: it's effortless. Right. And that's the thing is like, um, you know, and it, again, it doesn't matter if you're trying to do the dating thing. I just like bringing up the dating thing. Cause I think everybody can relate to that. Sometimes it's just
1: about making a friend, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And
0: so, you know, and have, you don't,
1: and you don't know the outcome of that. No. You know, you control sort of your intention, you know, you control only you, you know, and control only like your, your desire to do something to create movement. And I think, yeah, like this ties in really beautifully with, with creating art, you know, like you don't know what exactly is going to come out of it and you don't know what everything is for. You know, that's the, the other thing I think is, as artists, I know definitely as, as an actor and, and with you talking about what, what Ted had, had, told you about, you know, everything is going to come together, right? Like just do this, Mm -hmm. you know, just do this one thing. And you've got, there's a story that's around you. Mm -hmm. You know, you, the words have been given to you. There's a, there's something that's going on within here that's been taken care of for you. Right. Right. Your, your job is now to really be there with some life and, a big part of that is gonna be really listening and really responding. Right. And really saying the things that you're saying. And you don't know exactly what everything is for. You don't know exactly what you know the mood that you're in at that moment in time is for. And and instead we we try and show so much of our work, we try and show how how much we put into something and how, you know, smart and clever we are, you know, how intelligent we are in our work. And and that's in all kinds of art. It's not just in acting. You can find that in writing. You can find that in music, you know, where it's just like, there's something about it where you're just like, well, aren't you just so clever? Mm -hmm. You know, good for you. Right. You're just, you're just trying to show off at this certain point in time. But the weird thing about that showing off is that it makes your work kind of weak. Right. And kind of superficial. Right. like kind of like doing like the pickup, you know, you have these lines, you have these like pre-planned responses to how you're going to do stuff. And it's just like, and it's just weird. It's just kind of icky and weird. Um, and and then it becomes part, and it's the same thing with your work. It becomes icky and weird when everything is just like, you're not, really listening mm-hmm. to what's going on. You're just going about doing, you know, what you think is supposed to happen here. Yeah. And it just reeks of, of superficiality and, and disingenuousness. I think,
0: I think the thing about when it's superficial or it's disingenuous, it's, it's, we feel the effects of that. I mean, we know when we're doing it and yeah, you know, there's a, um, there's actually a projective downside to, um, being false in life. It's like, um, because if you're false, then you project, um, insincerity with other people. Like Mm. you project that if you're insincere, you project that they're not being sincere. And Mm. so you start to actually create a world experience of like, nobody's really being real. It actually, it's Mm. much more in your interest to be real because if you are, you can, you can kind of tell when someone's being inauthentic with you. Yeah. And you can kind of like, you know, you won't feel so like, I mean, whatever. Like, I mean, the other thing too, is I think authenticity is it definitely like, um, it wins the battle when it comes to like being false or it becomes to being sincere, like being authentic and sincere Shines through, and I think that's what like people don't always realize. And that might be in art, that might be in auditioning, or it might be in social situations. But like, people will be like, I mean, I dealt with this, you know, like in my 20s. Like, you know, I was like super social, I had a lot of people around me all the time. I was always the guy bringing the party together, yeah. And you know, I you know, I remember like, the, you know, there's always competition you're gonna have with like your guy friends and stuff. But I had one guy who was very competitive with me all the time. <laughs> And he was just, in my in my opinion, and in my experience, and not I I think this, I think most people would have agreed. He just didn't have a very authentic way about doing things. Everything Mm. was kind of an agenda. Everything was kind of too put on. And the thing with me is like, you know, I didn't really put a lot on. And so what I found was like, it, it, it wasn't hard for me to meet people. It wasn't hard for me to bring people together. Yeah. Granted, I had my own issues. I mean, I had my own like my own value issues. Like, I don't know if I'm enough and whatever, but, um, but for, I think my saving grace for a lot of the time was that I was just being authentic. I actually really wanted to get to know people. And so I became kind of the person that people tended to be around. And this brought up a lot of, um, a lot of jealousy and stuff. And he and I had a big talk about it at one point, you know, and it was like, um, yeah, I mean, I look back at that. I go, I mean, I don't necessarily know what it was, but I look back at the time, but I look back at it now, and I'm like, yeah, it's just authenticity. Because when someone's just being real, even if they're not, even if it's nothing special, I think we can kind of all respect that. It's like, yeah, but I get that that's real. You know, I get that that's kind of like, you know, I don't feel like I'm being duped. You know, Mm -hmm. and some people are really good at like putting on kind of a a a facade, a presentation. Like they're really great at it. And they can fool you. You know, they've fooled, fooled me. People have fooled me that way. But I think at the end of the day, they, they end up, um, they might get what they want in the short term, but they end up losing in the long run. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, you know, and I look at my life and I go like, where have I been inauthentic or false? And when I have, I think it's bit me in the ass too. It's, it's one of those things that like, you know, I'm not saying like I've been perfectly authentic my whole, every single moment. Oh no,
1: of course not. No, none of us have been. And I mean, it's interesting. This whole, this whole conversation, this is almost crazy corner. Um, <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, could, it could, go into, um, <laughs> while. no, crazy I'm just, it's while. just, it's interesting to me. It's like, I thinking about the times when we are disingenuine,
0: yeah.
1: you know, when we are, when we are being kind of false, hmm. um, as to who we are and, and what we want or what our intentions are. Um, and, and why do we do that? you know, why do we feel the need to have to do that? And it's interesting that you bring up the story of this friend who was kind of competitive with you, you know, like this idea of I have to compete with other people leads to being a little dishonest and, or a lot dishonest, (laughs) right? It's, it's like this, the need to win. Right right. The need to win, the need to be right, or the need to be better, to be better, um, can make us do all kinds of weird and crazy things mm-hmm. that do really end up like, you know, you win the battle, but maybe you lost the war. Yeah. Well, you know, and also like, you know,
0: just be like, the more you can be who you are, as you are, the the better off you'll, you'll be like, You know, like, um, I don't know. It's funny. Like, I like, I just, uh, you know, I'm just be open about it. Like when I was in my twenties, you know, I, like I dated a lot, like I dated around, you know, there was many women in my life, you know, and I wasn't really for a period of time, wasn't really serious with anybody, but everybody knew that like, people knew that, like, there's not a person today, they're like, Brandon, when you were like, you used to always have, like, another pretty girl on your arm, like, every time I see you, like, I've had so many people say that, right, and it's like, I'm not, I'm not bragging about it, it's where, that's where I was in my life, but people would say, like, you're a player, and I'd be like, you know what, I, like, it's not how I'm, I'm doing it, but yeah, like, you know, and I, and like, I'd be dating a woman, I'd be like, you know, like, it's not like, I would keep it open, I'd take that risk, you know, to, to not, you know, but to be just forthright about the fact that like, yeah, I want to date around. I want to, I want to meet new people. I want to yeah. do this. I want to have some fun, you know? And like the thing about that is you might not like it, but you can respect it because the, at least the person is going to give you what they are, you know? And like, yeah. and, and it's funny because like, you, you know, like, and that was something I learned, you know, I learned from like my, my brothers and my dad, and just like some of the men in my life, you know, was just, and even the women actually, you know, um, my mom too. And like some of the other women in my life just to be as honest as you can. And like, I think the times that I haven't been like, and just been able to just be myself is cause like, for some reason I've, I've deemed it bad what I want, or like, it's not okay, mm. or it won't be accepted. But I find that like, you don't, I think we can all appreciate someone who's real. We can all appreciate someone who's honest and like you don't have to deny or hide the fact that like you, you are what you are. And like, I think we have all these society expectations, like you're supposed to be a certain way or do a certain thing or conduct yourself so in such a way. And like, you know, you just don't, you, you, you don't have to R- really more. You have to own what it is that's you. And I think there's an inauthenticity when people always play by the book too. And they're always by the rules. I mean, that's not really you either. You're just playing by the yeah. book because that's what you think you're supposed to do. And like, that was something, you know, that I,
1: to get a result. Yeah. It was something I
0: found a lot with, with, with men, you know, it's like, they want to appear that they are just this solo monogamous guy. Meanwhile, you know, they're like, you know, they're dating like several people Yeah, and they're, they're acting like they're this one thing and then they're another. And I mean, like, you don't think that that's going to catch up. Like, you don't think like, like, I mean, that's you, that's your, that's your thing. Right. So, you know, and I think, there's pressures, you know, you kind of want to be like, I, I've definitely gone through experience of like, I want to be liked. I want whatever. Yeah. But like, you know, the more, the more you're being you, I think the more people will respect and appreciate
1: that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've, I've done a lot of m- mostly when I was younger, Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like a lot of, I did a lot of stupid things out of trying to impress other people. Oh yeah. You know, like, I didn't really want to do these things, right? Like, like just acting out in weird, in weird sort of ways, mostly as a teenager, right? And, and you just do something stupid for like a laugh or for approval from from other people. And then, yeah, like, it's great for maybe a few seconds, but then like, you're just overcome with this sense of, of, of guilt about the whole thing. because you did something that wasn't really authentic, something that didn't jive actually, didn't actually really jive well with you. Right. Um, I think there's also pressures too. Like, I mean, I know it's, it's, it's it's, men and women, we all
0: have our pressures, you know, especially when we're younger. I mean, everybody, everybody could probably relate to some point where they were being fake or false or inauthentic, or they were trying to impress other people or be liked or whatever. And, And if you, if you're not able to, you're just not looking hard enough. I think we've all tried to do that. And some of us, you know, base more of our life around doing that dance. And some of us just at a certain point, maybe get fed up with it and be like, you know, this is a lot of effort and a lot of work for like something that I, that doesn't really make me happy. You know, it doesn't really, I don't really enjoy doing. And I think like authenticity and being real and being authentic and accepting who you are, like, you know, flaws and all is like, it's, it's a lot easier it's a lot easier in life and a lot more enjoyable to not need to be perfect. Like when when you're putting on an act or you're trying to present yourself or you're trying to be a certain way, like that takes a lot of effort. I mean, you know, I've tried to do that dance. It's just like at a certain point, you're just like, okay, like, you know, <laughs> what what can I do here? You know, like, and yeah. the thing is, is too, is, you know, it's like that we had to talk about this a, a few talks ago about control the problem is, is we think we can control people by doing the dance. We, we, you know, you, you, you get, you know, you live a little life, you start to realize you can't control anything. Mm-hmm. And then you start going like this dance is stupid. And I think that's why like, as people often get older, they care less about like impressing people and like making them like them. Yeah. And when we're younger, we really get buy into the belief that we could maybe control people. We could, you know, almost, and, and this is probably like a harsher word, but manipulate people into liking us. I mean, just think what people do in high school, how we dress, how we act, how we behave, you know, smoke cigarettes. We don't want to, you know, do certain, certain things, get into trouble. We don't want to do, but we do it because we feel that if we play the game, that the people will like us. And I think as you get older, you don't, you're, you're less susceptible to peer pressure a lot of the time because you realize that like you're selling off yourself for something you can't even, you know, you don't even know if you're going to get. And if you've been burned by somebody, in a sense, you're tricking them. But if you've been burned by somebody who, you know, the exchange was you thought you'd do what they wanted and then they'd like you and then they didn't. They just wanted the company, you know, yeah. you start to see that kind of emptiness in it. You start to go, well, no, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play the act. You know, I'm not going to do the thing because it's not worth it because it's all bullshit anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, I yeah, I feel like I learned, I start to learn that lesson pretty early mm-hmm. and I'm kind of thankful for that. I remember at one point, uh, this group of friends that I'd had when I, um, I'd just gotten into high school and I'd invited all these people to my birthday. Right. Cause it's like, okay, well, these are my friends, you know? And like, like I'm, I'm going to invite them to my party, you know? And like, they will be cool. They'll come to my party and it'll be, you know, like yeah. it, it was, it was that whole thing. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm an April baby. Uh, like, like yourself. Mm Um, and at this one birthday, so I'd invited these people and a couple of the guys and the girls from the group had like just started dating each other. So, but like they came to my party, some of them, and they exchanged Easter presents with each other at my birthday party and didn't bring me anything. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I didn't kick up a fuss or because I was like, I was playing this game. Right. Right. It's like, well, if I just act this way, you know, with everybody, if I it's like, then they'll, you know, they'll be good to me. Right. They'll like, they'll, they'll be friends with me and blah, 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 blah. blah. And like, that was just like one of those things where you just go, what the fuck just happened here? (laughs) You know, like it was like, if nobody brought gifts, fine. But like, you know, being, it was like watching, I remember just like them exchanging gifts with each other at my birthday party yeah. for Easter. And they have been dating each other for like a week yeah. or something, you know? And, uh, and it's just one of those things like you, you can't control people. No, you know, it's like, you can be the nicest person, like be there for, for these people the whole way. Um, and then they'll still just kind of be shitty towards you. Oh yeah. And it's eventually, you know, you have to make a decision. It's like, well, hold on. Like, am, am I basically going to get walked on here?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you, you bring up an interesting point, And this is something I want to talk about too, is like, you know, um, I was sharing a little bit about how I became kind of the social guy. I had a lot of friends around when I say friends, I want to use that term somewhat loosely because I would say people who I had connected with who, were in, in some ways acquaintances, you know, in, in many ways. And like a, like a, like a a friend, you know, there's, I think in life you you have friends and you have acquaintances and you have like, you know, people you don't know. And then maybe you have some enemies, I don't know, whatever, like people that just for whatever reason, you're not really an enemy, but you just don't like each other, whatever. But, um, people, there's a difference between actually connecting with someone and having someone be around you because they benefit off of you. You know, Mm -hmm. like I, I grew up, my dad wasn't around a lot when I was like a a teenager, young guy, right. Working a lot just to kind of the, the way things worked. My brothers, he was around a little bit more. They're a lot older than me, but during that time I wasn't, he wasn't around quite as much. My dad and I still have a really good bond, but for a lot of my younger years, I was around my mom a lot. So I got like a lot of the I don't know. I just my mom, her friends, whatever. I just got really good at connecting with women and understanding women. Mm-hmm. Didn't understand the guys so much because I probably wasn't like as masculine, you know. I wasn't as like uh, bro, you know. <laughs> so yeah. to say, right? Like, and so um, for me, like you know, when I went to college, I I actually didn't have much trouble connecting with women, you know, without an agenda other than just to connect. But with men, I actually had a lot more difficulty, and so one of the ways I knew to attract men, you know, it sounds kind of weird, but like to attract men to like have friends was if I had lots of women hanging around, men always wanted to be around the women. And out of that, you know, I, I think I definitely developed some really great friends with guys, but some guys were definitely just around because I was the guy that brought the women. So they want the women. I'm just the middleman to that. And like, um, you know, and that's, you know, that's just part of, uh, you know, that's just part of the whole thing in life. And I think like the more honest that, that we are, we can kind of really assess like whether people are here for us or whether they're there for, you know, for what we offer. And I'm not saying that that anybody's bad for being around because you, 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 they benefit off of being around you. That's not, that's not a problem. I think the problem is, is when, when we confuse what a real friend connection is with,
1: um, just being an asset to somebody. Totally. You know? And it's, what's interesting about what you bring up is I'm just like kind of realizing this now yeah. is that it's like for, for me in, in this scenario that I'm, I saw, I'm was talking about is that, well, I was being kind of disingenuous in the whole thing too. Right. In, in this whole thing, because really I was, I saw these people as an asset Right, They were, they were popular, you know, they had, they were, they had things that I wanted for my own life, which was mm, to a large degree, like the, like women, you know, like there was like, there was women around them more because at that, at that time, you know, like I was a late bloomer as a teenager. Like I, when I was 14 years old, I looked like I was like 11 or 12, you know? Um, so I never got like the most attention, from women, but I had friends who got a lot of attention from women. So it was like, it it becomes this whole thing. It's like, well, these, you know, these guys are popular, you know, girls like them and you know, this is, you know, and, and it was ignorance on my part. It was just like, I thought that this is what I was, was what I wanted. Yeah. Right. Was, and then you realize one day that it's like, I have a bunch of really shitty friends and I'm, I've got my whole, my own whole act going on. That's just like, it becomes so exhausting to live this, this live a complete lie really yeah. of like, yeah, it's like, I'm, I'm acting like I'm okay with so much of the stuff that's going on. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, I don't really trust any of these people. I don't like you just, you come to this thing and you go, oh, it's not worth it. And you realize a little bit more about who you are and then you make new decisions. But yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. It's like, I'm, I'm in that scenario, I was just as guilty in some ways as like
0: these people. Yeah. You know, of, yeah, we all are. I mean, like everybody is because we, we learn to adapt to our environment. You know, we, we learn to, um, we're adaptive. Human beings will try to make their environment work on, on the average, they'll try to make it work. You know, they'll try Mm -hmm. to figure out the game of how to play it. And it is in many ways a game. And, um, you know, it's just that there's better ways to play the game, but also I think we live in a bit of a culture, especially like in the North American first world kind of culture. And it's probably around the world a little bit as well, but like, we definitely learn to kind of play the, um, play into this, the social expectations, you know, like mm-hmm. I did, I studied a lot of social psych, you know, and I've studied a lot of that since university as well. And just socialization and how that works with people. And the thing is, is that socialization is funny because like a lot of the stuff we do as well is very mindless. Like it's not even that we're being fake. It's just that like, we never, we were taught to behave a certain way and we never questioned it. Like you know, we were, we were taught to do certain things. And the thing is, is that we don't even know if that's us or if that's the thing we're doing because we were just told to do that the whole time. Like, for example, like, um, uh, one of the female struggles I know is to be nice to everybody. Mm. Women should always be nice is a bullshit, yeah. bullshit, social dynamic
1: that's been yeah. put on women. Right. So now you got be women, a good girl and equally a good boy. Yeah, that's sure. like, an, that's, but they each have different connotations surrounded, surrounding them. But we were all told them by so many people that our lives, like be a good boy and be a good girl. And yeah. that, and there are certain things that that means. Right. Right. And there's and certain actual ap- play to yeah. keep that
0: up. Well, there's a movie called room with Brie Larson and she uh, oh, won an Oscar one. for this. She's a brilliant actress. I've, I've always thought so since even since, uh, the, uh, st- the TV show she was in the States of, uh, Oh, the United States, States of, of Tara. Tara. Yeah. United States of yeah. Tara. I mean, she's, she's, and she kind of shares her, her story when she, after her Oscar and it's great. But, um, th- in that movie, there's a line that really stood out to me and she is really upset at her mom. And she's Kind of blaming her in this moment, but she's like, you know, and I was nice. Like I always had to be so nice. And that's what got me into the situation where basically this woman got kidnapped for years and held in the shed and even had a child, you know, and that child grew up in that shed in, in this room, right? And yeah. the, uh, the kid only knew the room, the whole, the whole, the kid's whole life was, the world was the room, you know? And, um, that's crazy. Yeah. And this is based on true, uh, true story. Um, it was actually based off of a book, but there's another story. I don't know. Like, I don't know if this was actually based on a true story, but there's another story that actually happened. It's very similar to this one. Yeah. Um, and, and apparently this happens actually, it's happened quite a bit. Yeah. But, um, the point of this whole little spiel I'm going on is that she, got into this situation because she was being nice to a guy who was creepy and like whatever. And that's actually what ended up getting her kidnapped because mm. she felt she needed to be nice. And I think that, you know, sometimes in life it's authentic to not be so nice. You know, like sometimes we've got to be like, no, you're acting weird. Like, like this is weird. I don't like it. Trust your instinct. You don't have to be appropriate, but yeah. that's more real. The thing is, is like, in a way we get ourselves into trouble by being inauthentic, and like, you know, and I, I think like that's an extreme, like this, obviously this situation is a huge extreme, but like it kind of, that moment kind of demonstrates how being socially polite, being like kind of false or being a certain way because you think you're supposed to gets can get you into a lot of trouble. Oh yeah. You know? And I think that's the thing that we don't always like, you know, we don't always realize and we, we feel like we have to be a certain way or do a certain thing. Mm -hmm. And so like, I feel it's really important in this conversation. Like we've talked about people who aren't really good friends and how we've brought social circles around who maybe people are using us, but like, we have to look at like, we've all played a part of this game of inauthenticity. And I think that's why we even have these talks because we don't have enough people talking about how to be authentic. You know, yeah. we don't have enough people talking about how do you do it? Like this, these are the kind of conversations I wanted to hear when I was younger, because they would have helped me, I think, to be a little bit more okay with who, who I am and how I really truly want to be. Yeah. You know, but I think we all, we all act a little, we all get fake, we all get a little, you know, and we all know it, right? Yeah. And so some of us, some of us, keep playing the act and we just play it more. And some of us go, I'm, I'm, I'm fed up with that. I'm going to try to be me. And sometimes I think in the, in the, the change from being somewhat false to being more authentic is sometimes a hard shift because when everybody is acting around you and you can see it and you're being authentic, like you can be around people that are presenting themselves like they're a thousand times better than you are. So when you're being real, it can look and you can be mindful enough to see like, well, it looks like I'm a lot less than these people. Mm. And really the best thing you can do is be real because like, even though they might look better, they're actually shooting themselves in the foot. So like authenticity at the end of the day, I think is the winning choice. It just doesn't always feel good. I, cause, cause I think everybody's listening going, yeah, be authentic. Like everybody gets that, yeah. but like, why don't we do it? Right. Yeah. is really the question. It's like, why don't we do it? Oh, well, we don't do it because there's a downside, at least perceived.
1: Yeah. It's you know. like, well, I've got to impress people or people will think, you know, I'm an idiot or I don't know what I'm doing and you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. I mean, which is kind of a moot point when you realize that nobody really knows what they're doing. Right. You know, <laughs> like it's like, so that's one thing. you can just get, get over that one right now. People. Um, <laughs> nobody really knows what they're doing. Yeah. So, take comfort in that. Uh, and, and use it as, as, as a way of just being, getting more honest. I think, you know, where do, where do we start with that? How do we really actively become more authentic in our lives? Because I think we, when we become more authentic in our lives, we can become more authentic in our art, more authentic in, in our expression and, and how we create. Um, and for me, I don't know. This is necessarily for sure, but I'm I'm gonna say it starts with, it starts with your emotion. Hmm. I think that's how you start getting connected to what's authentic for you, and what isn't. How is by, is like how do you feel yeah. about this situation that's you know unfolding in front of it in front of you right now? How do you feel about this? Right because so often like, you know, we're in a situation where we feel uncomfortable, but we're acting a certain way because we're like, Oh, I shouldn't be feeling uncomfortable. And then you're trying to cover up being uncomfortable. And then you're, you just get more uncomfortable, you know, out of pretending that you're not. Um, and with so many other emotions, I think we just like, we, it's that judgment of emotions That are going on within us, and we say, It's like, well, this is right or this is wrong. And when we're in the presence of other people, because it's in the presence of other people where typically our shit comes up for us, right? When we have somebody else who's looking at us, acknowledging us, having a conversation, or you know, asking us questions, yeah, (laughs) about who we are or whatever, and we're just like, uh, I've got to say something good, right? Like I've got to say something impressive. You know, I can't say anything, you know, I, I think that we're, we're also, we we have this fear of people really seeing us,
0: hmm.
1: you know, of, of people um, seeing just how uh, vulnerable and, and I think scared we are. Right. You know, I think that a lot of what goes on for us comes out of, out of that, you know, about feeling vulnerable and, and afraid and fear gets you to do all kinds of horrible shit. Right. Uh, and from, you know, the big to the, the little things, you know, it's like fear will get people to, you know, murder somebody. Fear will also get you to start just being a little bit disingenuine to the people you meet around you. What? And now you've created a whole, you know, you you create a whole life around you that's not really based on anything real.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I I think I think that's where a lot of it comes from. I think a lot of it comes from fear because we are scared that if we were ourselves, that people wouldn't like us. Um, and it's a funny postulate you build in your mind because now you believe that you are not likable, so you need to be something other than you are. So, like, how much self love can you have in that? I yeah. mean, there's there's obviously consequences. I think it's a matter of, um, uh, short-term gain, long-term pain or short-term pain, long-term gain. Like yeah. short-term gain, long-term pain is I'm going to pretend and play the game and act and, you know, present myself as though I'm more than I am or do the things I don't necessarily agree with. And then you get a short-term gain, you know, people like you, people accept you, you know, um, maybe everybody's smoking. You don't want to smoke. So you smoke because you know, everybody else yeah. is doing it kind of yeah. idea.
1: peer pressure deal
0: in the immediate people like that, right? In the immediate, you get what you want. You get acceptance in long term in the long term, you know, well, there's a whole series of consequences that come is that maybe you even develop a smoking habit out of it. Um, yeah. maybe you're hanging out with people who you don't really share values with, yeah. you know, now, you know, maybe you start building in your mind that you have to do what other people are doing to be
1: liked and accepted, Yeah. you know? And so, um, and the thing is when you're building connections with people in that way, like smoking, right. You know, for example, it's like, well, I mean, what a superficial way to build a connection to somebody. Well, right? and Not, 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 I just want to say like,
0: I don't think smoke, like I don't smoke, but like cigarettes. But I think like, we were talking about this at the party, like the fact that like some people go out, they'll have a smoke break and they'll connect. It's a, it's a good moment to get away from the party. You don't necessarily have to have the smokes, but it's a nice kind of excuse to do it. The thing is though, if you're smoking to hang out with someone, even though you don't agree with smoking, I mean, that's not being real. Like that's, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And you're, and you're, you're, again, like you're forging a a connection out of something that's like, that's not solid whatsoever. But for whatever reason, like it's the easier thing to latch on to, to connect with somebody on, as opposed to connecting to people in a real way, right? which is like, man, honesty, fuck man. People love honesty. People like, and, and I think that for the most part. (laughs) Yeah. For the most part, not everybody. I mean, it all depends sometimes on how you communicate it. Right. But, uh, there's, I think, I mean, in our lives, it's important, but as artists, this is so important for, for artists to, to really start being more genuine in, in their lives. Mm. Um, because artists are supposed to be communicators of big things, of big ideas. I mean, there's this, uh, great Frederick Buchner um, quote, and he talks about, uh, art and he's like, he's a theologian and stuff. Like he talks about like spirituality and theology and all this stuff. Um, but he has this, this quote that's like art is, you know, in basically like in a world that seems to be so, um, kind of like, uh, afraid or apprehensive to, approach anything uh, that we might think of as being holy. It's like art is one of the few places where we can still speak of holy things. Mm. So, you know, if holy isn't the right word for you, but like, you know, think of holy as like, I think he means it in, in like the stuff that's fucking real, Mm. you know, like the stuff that's really underneath all of the bullshit that we, that we buy into, and and we live our lives according to, and it's just like, oh, well, this is like, no, it, it's not based on anything real. Um, and for us, it's important for us to be familiar in our lives and in our art about talking about things honestly, hmm. um, because and and to have the courage to do that, because most of us in the world don't have the courage to do that. Mm-hmm. So many of us, and that's why art continues to exist, you know, and why it's still the thing that we look upon over history. You know, when you look back on, you know, cultures and civilizations, we, it's always the art Hmm. that, that stands up. It's the music, it's the paintings, it's the architecture, you know, it's, it's, it's all of these things. It's what was written. It was the poetry. That's what stands the test of time. Yeah. And it's because it spoke of real things. And, uh, and because people need, people need that. Mm-hmm. People need, you know, in, in some ways, I think artists are sort of conduits for, for, for people, mm-hmm. you know, to express things that we're all thinking, that we're all feeling that no one has the guts to talk about. Right. Right. And then fi- And then we see somebody do it and we go, fuck, thank you. (laughs) Like, thank you for somebody fucking saying it. Yeah. Holy shit. Does that feel good that somebody finally said it? Yeah. Right. And now maybe we can all talk about it a little bit more. You know, this is the, this is like when art gets like to its most fucking powerful, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's when you're getting to the whole reason why we do it. Well, like art, art in life. I mean, you know, and uh, like, it's, it's that parallel.
0: I mean, you know, if we live our life with a certain truth to it, there's an art in it. There's an art to life, you know, of that we we might not even be aware of that we're living. But like, um, when I think when we're being false or we're being fake or we're we're trying to fit in or do the social thing and we're, you know, we're we're on autopilot to that. We I think we we miss the art of it all. We miss the kind of fascinating part of life and. Mm-hmm you know, it, it's so interesting. Cause we're like dealing with an epidemic right now in time where we have so much depression going on. Like, it's like, you know, I've been looking more and more at the stats and like what's going on. It's fucking unbelievable how much like, and it's, it, it's actually probably been there like, you know, for a long time, mm-hmm. but like now it's coming out more because there's more things that are, there's more, reasons why we have to be more than what we are now than ever, you know, it's, there's, there's more, um, kind of like, uh, certain things that people feel like they have to live up to and the, you know, and, and certain things that are not possible to live up to. So like depression's kind of coming out more, but like also we're becoming more aware of like stuff that's going on, like, like people who were depressed, but just maybe drank it away or took pills or did whatever before without any kind of like medical thing, or they just had ways of dealing with it yeah. something that was just kind of going on. Now I think like we're living in a time where people are beginning to open up more. They're talking about how like they felt depressed, they felt this way, they felt whatever. And like, it's not like, because it used to be like, from what I understand, if you were depressed, like you had like a real problem, you know, and some people yeah. still think that but yeah, and so people don't want to admit that they're feeling like there's like, you're a little blue, you know, but like people, people are scared to say that they're kind of depressed, but like depression is not it's not like it's, I mean, in some ways it's for some people, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a disease. It can be a bit of a mental illness, but like, you know, for most people it's, it's part of life. It's part of your, you've depressed expression and artistry is true expression. So like, of course we're depressed because we're not having true expression.
1: Yeah. We're not actually talking about these things. We're not actually acknowledging these things because yeah, you make it wrong. It's like, it wasn't long ago like we're talking just like, our, like the, the, our parents' generation where it's like, if you were going to a shrink, you know? Right. Cause that, that's a whole part of it too. The, the, even, the very expression of shrink, you know, becomes this thing about, you know, a, a psychotherapist or a psychologist. Someone could like a field that actually truly really fucking helps people yeah. because why? Because really, what did they, what did they do? They get people to talk. Right. You know, they help people talk about things with honesty, mm-hmm. like, and admit some things to themselves. But it was like, it was so many people were so opposed to the idea of going and doing something like that because then there was something wrong with you. Right. You know, you're wrong in the head, right? You're unhealthy. Who knows? Like you're going to be certified or some shit like that. And, and the people who actually had the courage to go and, and talk to somebody. So many of them kept it secret, right, like hidden. It's like nobody can know people still do today, and people still do, but like it used to be something that was really oh yeah, like you kept that like behind closed doors if if you had to do that, even though there's like there's absolutely, it's maybe one of the healthiest fucking things that a person can do for themselves, absolutely, just because we live in a society that is so incapable at least currently of, of really being supportive for people, you know, right. in that way. Well, you know,
0: it's, um, it's, it's funny, right? Because like the whole thing over the last couple of years of my screenwriting career kind of taken off as, um, you know, I've definitely had a lot of people being like, yeah, you, you got it made like you're, you know, and in certain ways I'm like, yeah, it's been a really great success that way. But like, you know, maybe I'm not as open with it about every single person I talk to, but I try to be more open with my friends and I say, yeah, you know, like this is good and I'm happy about this, but this is also what I'm going through. You know, I was talking with one of my buddies last night and we were just having a conversation and he, you know, and I was just telling him like, yeah, like, you know, I've been doing this for a bit and it was, it was rewarding. But like, there's a part of me that's like, now I feel like I have to do that because now that I've done this, and I'm like, what I really want to do is I just want to make something I want to like, you know, and, and I, I want to go do this. And, and, and it was really great for me to just be able to be open and honest with them and tell them like where, you know, and not like just, cause I mean the, the easy answer is just like, yeah, everything's great. Everything's wonderful. Everything's just so perfect, Yeah, you know, and that's, and that's a very easy way to go through it. Um, and I mean, not everybody wants to hear my, little personal sob story about like, Oh, well, you're a screenwriter and you're upset. You know, it's like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like it's irrelevant. We can be upset about anything, but like, I'm not upset about screenwriting. I'm what I found was like, I started, I, it started as a very good thing. It started as a great endeavor. And, you know, um, and, and now it's gotten to a point where it's kind of like, I've done that. And now if I continue on with it, I don't know if I'm being at least right now that authentic to what I really want. And, one of the things that I've been learning to do more in my life is to be okay with what I want, like not wanting what everyone else wants for me, like what my parents want for me or what my friends want almost for themselves through me, you know what I mean? But to be like, no, this is what I want. And I think like, you know, happiness and joy and fulfillment come from the fact that, that, I'm living or you're living or whatever, we're living really truthful to what we really want. I think that's another downside of this whole thing of like, when we don't, when we're, when we're too scared to be authentic, because we might like be working a job and it's paying us really well, but we fucking hate it. And all we Mm. wish we could do is like do this other thing, but we don't do it because we feel like, well, I can't give this up. I have to do this. And you know, and, and you, it's surprising how these things can come, but there's an inauthenticity. If you're living, doing something because you think you have to, there's an inauthenticity to that. Yeah. You could still do it. But I think the important thing is to be more honest with yourself and say like, I don't really want to do this, but I would really like to do this. And maybe it's like, I'm not willing to take the risk. So you don't take the risk on doing the thing you really want, but be honest with yourself that you're not taking the risk. Then you'll never look back and be like, I regret not doing this is you decided you made a decision. You're not going to take the risk or you're going to take the risk. And like, right now I'm going through this thing. Like I just got offered two more jobs the other day. And like, I, you know, I just, I've been giving, like, I'm basically saying no, but my way of saying no is basically like, okay, this is how much, but it's, I know it's so much that they're probably not, I'm going to lose the job. Yeah. But I'm like, if I get the job, then it's worth it. But I want to not get the job because for me, I go, okay, well, this is what I'll do it for right now. And the thing is, the way I look at it is if, you know, if that door opens up, that's fine. You know, the thing is at the end of the day, it will be worth it for me because the amount of money I'd be making, uh, for the amount of time I'd be putting in, I'd rather put my time into that and make that amount of money than put my time into something else. Yeah. You know? So I look at it that way, but at the same time, as I'm pushing away. It's really interesting. I'm like increasing my value, but I'm also being more truthful to what I want. Yeah. And so, um, y- you know, and I think that's, that's part of it is like right now I'm just in a, in a place in my life where I'm just trying to be really authentic about that and be really honest myself about what I want and not make my decisions based on fear, but make them on, you know, whatever. And it's like, I'm not going to say that I don't want to write. Like I still want to write screenplays. The thing is, is that for me, I just look at it as like, if I have to write someone else's screenplay, it's not the same if I write my own story. You know what I mean? If it's my story that, that I came up with, that I want to tell that is in my heart, you know, that's, that'll pretty much do for free. Yeah. But like, if it's someone else's story, that's not necessarily in my heart and I'm going to have someone else dictating to me, like what they want. I look at that and I go, well, that costs money for me because that's not in my heart. That's not what I truly want to do. And what you're really paying for, you're not just paying for my expertise. You're paying for me to not do my own work. That's what you're paying me for. That's how I look at it. Yeah. I don't look at it as the job anymore. I look at it as I'm going to say yes to your job because if you pay me this amount, it's worth me not doing the work that I want to do right now. That's enough money for me to say no yeah. to the work because that's really what I'm saying. When I take on a, a screenwriting job that isn't in my heart yeah. or or some other job, I have to go this is what you're paying me to not do what I would be doing for myself. Right. And, and I think that's more a better way for us to look at our life. So if you're working a job you hate, if you're getting paid a lot of money, you might go, okay, well, I don't like this job, but they're paying me enough not to do what I want to do. Yeah. But then you got to decide how long do you want to go down that road for?
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And ultimately it, it really makes it, it, you have to make a decision on it too, because you have to see what you're getting out of it and and what it's taking from you. Right. And and also I think it's a it can be about changing your relationship to what to what it is that you're doing. Right? Like that's that can be a huge part of it. Sometimes it's you've gotta actually find the love in something that you're doing. Right. You know, because obviously you're getting some kind of a value out of it. You know, like everything that we do in our lives, like if you hate it, well, I mean, the thing is you're still getting some kind of a value out of it. Cause otherwise, if you were getting no value out of it whatsoever, you wouldn't do it. You just wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. So you can either really connect to what you are getting out of it. Right. And make that because you might as well, I mean, you might as well, if you're, you know, doing a job or you're doing some work or whatever, that isn't really what you want to be doing, but it's fulfilling some role for you. Mm-hmm. It's giving you some kind of value. You can either walk away from it because it's not giving you enough value. You might ultimately decide that, but you might not actually say, you know what, this is giving me something. You know, this is, this is giving me an, in some kind of an opportunity. Right. And you can say, okay, you know what? I really value that. And then you can take, you can take that on with a new set of eyes, you know, with, and with maybe like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, with a new heart Hmm. into what you're doing, right? Like taking on a screenwriting job or something that isn't one of your own passion projects, right? You know, there could be, yeah, it's like, there's, there's a value maybe in a, in a monetary sense. Um, and maybe you agree to do it. Part of it is going to be, and I think it, it is. And and knowing you, I know that this is, you know, how, how you operate, but you have to find the love. Yeah. Even if where you started out from comes from something that's a little bit more practical, right? Right. Like you, you've, you've still got to go in there. It's like, okay, well I'm getting a value out of this. So I might as well connect to that value. Yeah. Right. And make that the thing that I'm going off of, as opposed to the flip side of it which is just like, well, that's just fucking miserable. Right. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. I think you raise a really good point. I mean, um, and, and it's, it's just about, I I think it's a, you know, everything we do, there's a value in it and we got to find the value and we got to see it. And I think when you start being more honest about, is this a short-term gain or is it a long-term gain and is it short-term pain or long-term pain? You know, you start putting that evaluation into it. It's like, you know, um, if I do a job that is going to tie me up for the next year, um, like there's certain pain in that the pain for me is like, I love writing. I mean, I I, like, I've been, I've been having this interesting battle with it. I've been looking at it. It's like, okay, well, I, I really like storytelling. I love writing. The, the, the pain for me is not writing a project that I'm not super passionate about. It's about not getting to write a, Project that I'm super passionate about. Mm. It's by taking this on. I'm not writing something else. I'm not getting to work on something else. And like, you know, there's more than there's more things that I want to build than just writing scripts too in my life right now. So, you know, for me, like, I'm saying no to not just other script stories, but I'm saying no to other other opportunities, other jobs, other situations, maybe even some travel. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there's certain things that it's going to kind of bind me a little bit to this thing. So. The way I'm I'm just more real now with a little bit of I'd say just a little bit of life experience with it is like, you know, when I started as a screenwriter the fact that anyone would pay me anything was the most exciting thing in the world. I didn't really give a shit. Yeah. I was like, someone's going to pay me to do this stuff. Like, of course, you know, yeah. it's like acting too. It's like, you know, you do your first roles even like maybe you got a great first role, but like, I think for a lot of us, we book some one line or some commercial or something. And we're like over the moon because yeah. like, someone's going to pay us to do the thing we love. We don't even really care, you know? Yeah, And so, uh, I think that's <laughs> the wonder of starting something. And I think anybody who hasn't necessarily been paid to do what they love yet yeah. That's why it's hard to like, maybe talk to someone who's maybe a little bit or hear from someone who's been doing it for a while because you start, you think, well, how could you ever, like, I remember thinking like, how could anyone ever not w- want to say- well, how would anyone ever say no to a job? Like, why would you ever want to, you know? yeah And like, the thing is, is like, in a weird way, my whole life is about storytelling. Like it's all about this, but it's really just now it's a matter of how much is it on my terms or someone else's is really the question now. It's not whether I'll do it or not. It's a question of like, you know, what are the terms worth? Yeah. And, um, one thing I've been really doing over the last two years too, is pushing away from making my art. Um, even though I make a lot of my money from doing art or writing or whatever, I look at it as like, not ever choosing a job to pay the bills. Like, Mm being paid, but not doing it. Like, cause I was like, I need the paycheck because for, I've been, I don't know where it came from, but I, I, I do really feel that when you, if you're not careful about your relationship to payment and the thing you love, you can actually start to not like the thing you love anymore.
1: Yeah. You and know? I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to say that it's always the wrong decision to like do something for a paycheck. Sometimes you need to fucking, you, you need a fucking paycheck. Yeah. Sometimes you do. But the thing is, you're always going to need a paycheck. Right. And like in the world we're in right now, you're, you always need a paycheck. Yeah. You just do. So with that in mind, are you going to just continue like working for a paycheck? Right. Like, are you just going to continue to just take work to pay things? Like there's, um, recently heard like a Jim Carrey speech Again, or something, and he's talking about how we either make decisions out of love or fear. Hmm. It's one of those two things, right? And basically saying we often make the choice for fear out of some sense of um, of practicality. And it's like, oh well, you know, like this will be good, and blah 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 blah, and you know, we will put a, a whole lot of reasons why we're going to do something that you know we really don't like, you know, or the value we actually are getting out of it might be kind of minimal. Um, and it's because it, it, it's a fear decision and it helps us to just like feel safe um, in some way. But again, it's this whole thing of like short term, short term gain, long term pain, right? Like it's like you, if you keep on doing that, you know, you keep on making these decisions out of fear, out of, you know, the sense of, Oh, being practical, you know, it's like, okay, but now what have you done? Like, what are you doing now? You know, like, what are, what is the fucking stuff you're made of right now? Right. Like, is like, you, you, there's so much of you that just goes unused, totally. you know, like that's just, is being that you're, that's just getting wasted away. Right. And, and it will be long-term pain it will be long-term pain. There's like, you know, here people, you know, like who, who reach their older age or, you know, as they start getting older, they start having these, these realizations like, I fucking wish I just did it. Yeah. You know, like I'd lived my whole life working for a paycheck and, you know, buying a house and buying, you know, they've got, you know, like my dad lives in a, in a fairly wealthy like area of the lower mainland here And, you know, my dad's not like a super wealthy guy or anything, but, you know, he has a lot of, he's made a lot of friends there who have money, you know, like they have a lot of money and he, and he's good friends with them. And some of them, he's like, man, he's like, they're the, they are so lonely. Hmm. They are just like, and, and they would, they would really actually give it all up to, have something else to have done something in their life that they didn't do, or to, to have somebody in their life, you know, that they, they passed up on, right, or something out of this sense of practicality, right? It's like, well, got to make money, got to put as much into the bank as I can, you know, before I retire or something like that, you know, that stuff's all fine and good. Yeah. I think this is, well, you this is exactly what our conversations are always about, where artistry meets industry. Mm-hmm. Where do you find that? You know, where right. your, your life, you know, you balance, you know, passion and practicality. Right. You know, it's like, it's these blends of, of these things. It's like they're, they're, neither of them is, is entirely bad and neither of them is, in, is entirely good. You know, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble in the throes of passion. Right. (laughs) Yeah. If you, right. Yeah. But you can get yourself in a lot of trouble just constantly acting out of some sense of being safe and practical and being too conservative, right. That can cause a shit ton of pain too.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's, it is a balance. I mean, you know, um, like, you know, finding that line between like the, the short-term pain or short-term gain or long-term pain or long-term gain, you know, these, you know, usually one comes with the other. You know, usually if it's short-term gain, there's some type of long-term pain that will come out of it. Usually if it's in my experience, usually if it's a short-term pain, there's some type of long-term gain that can come. But the thing is in life, if you you, you know, I think we can all kind of go like yeah, the 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 smarter choice is to do short-term pain, make the sacrifices now so you have the long-term gain. But if all your whole life is short-term pain, some long-term gain, you're never really living for now. Did you ever gain anything? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, if all your life is short-term gain with just long-term pain, I mean, you never build anything and your life is just like so very fleeting. And so, you you know, I think we have to find a balance between doing some of the things that we like that are, you know, little short-term immediate gains and doing some of the things that are building for the future, which are short-term immediate pains. But like, one of my short-term immediate pains that I do right now, no matter what, is I take at least 10% of every dollar I make, no matter what, and I put it away into a little savings account. I always, out of every paycheck, any money I get, doesn't matter. If it comes across my my table, I take a certain amount of it and I put it away. Yeah. And It's been great because I've been building a certain savings, right? And it's been giving me some freedom and some flexibility. Mm -hmm. Um, I take right now, currently I even I'll take like up to, you know, I'll take at least, I actually take another 5% of every dollar and I put it into what I call a contingency reserve, which I keep uh, replenishing if I take anything from it. And then my contingency reserve is like, if I go over for the month or if something happens or whatever, I have this little buffer where I can kind of play, you know? And if, um, I just replenish it with the next paycheck I get and then, you know, whatever, but what, what, and then I take another 15% right now. And there's, there's a few debts and some things that I'm working on just, you know, closing off. I'll take that and I'll put that towards those, anything that I need to pay off. And eventually my goal is to actually take, um, cause I, I've heard that if you do 10%, you're good. If you do 15%, you're pretty golden, especially with that contingency. Yeah. But if you can do 30 30% like almost no matter how much money you make you're going to start to experience a certain experience of wealth. Yeah. A certain sense of wealth. And so for me like when I'm done paying that other 15% to like settle certain things that just need to be done, um I'm going to probably take that 15% and 15% I'm going to call it my big goal savings. Yeah. So it goes for if I want to go for a uh, vacation or a trip or I want to buy a new car or just want to buy something nice, whatever I might want to do but that or maybe I just want to save it, but it's this there, it's my money, it's my movable 15%. I can kind of do what I want with it. And then the rest of the money, you know, goes to life and keeping that on track and, you know, doing the daily thing. And what I found that as I have been doing this, there's definitely short-term pains, but then there's long-term gains. The other thing though, is striking a balance where, you know, making, being mindful, but taking some of the money that comes into my, and making that fun money, that money yeah. that goes towards doing something that gets me immediate fun things I can do. I want to go out and eat. I want to go have some drinks with some friends. I want to do this date. I want to do whatever I can go do that. Cause I have some play money to like go do that. Cause if, if everything all the time is just
1: sacrifice, I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. We, we listened to just like a, an Alan Watts thing recently. Right. And, uh, I, I love it. He said, he said, he's like, you know, we get, uh, in life, we're very much in this whole thing. Like we're, we're, we've got this whole thing of, of going on and goofing off. (laughs) And it's like, this is kind of the way of it. It's like, well, we've got to go on. We must go on. Right. And, but then goofing off, right. (laughs) Like it's, and, and the problem is, is that, yeah, it's like, it's, it's this balance. It's like when you get too caught up in the going on, I must go on, you know, everything becomes so, so very serious, hmm. you know, our lives become so very serious all the time. And there's no, there's no joy in the things we're doing. But I mean, to get into, I think some of the specifics, like, you know, talking about stuff like financing, right, which might not seem like the most exciting topic for, <laughs> you know, for artists. Um, money is usually something that that gets artists very, Ugh. you know, like freaked out. <laughs> Um, but the thing is, is that like, this is the thing about the practical side of things is that it's pretty, it's actually pretty simple when you put it into practice. It's actually not that complicated and it's actually even not that painful. Mm -hmm. You know, like when there's all sorts of like, they've kind of figured this shit out. Yeah you know, like to, to a large degree. I mean that, that whole 10% rule of your money, that's been around for such a long time. Oh yeah. Richest man in Babylon. Yeah. Like richest man in Babylon. And there's, um, the wealthy, the wealthy barber, like, so like everyone talks about this. Like if you just do this, (laughs) like literally if you just do this, like you are going to worry about money so much less. Yeah. And the thing is about 10%, like you don't even really notice that. No. Like after a little while, maybe if you're one of those people who like really spends their money all the time, you might notice it for a brief period of time. But if you set that thing up where it's just like an automatic thing, you don't even notice it's gone. No, totally. It's just, yeah. Like you just adjust and, and you forget about it. Um, so this is the thing about like that practical side is like, there's really easy things that you can do in those regards to let these things kind of take care of themselves. And then you can And then you can actually have the freedom to do the, the goofing off, right? you know, to have the enjoyment into what you're doing. And also, um, something we had talked about before we had started the podcast was we were talking about, um, sort of the law of cycles Hmm. and of seasons, right. And how so often we're trying to force things to happen when maybe it's just not the right time for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, this you know it's is, like that's yeah, been a big that's been a big lesson for me at this point
0: in my life is uh is to allow things to to be in their stage. Like you, and you 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 put it really well. Uh was um, you know, trying to reap the harvest before you've kind of planted it or whatever. Oh yeah,
1: or before you've sown the fields. Before you've sown the fields.
0: And like that's, you know, that's something that I've been really, uh, battling with personally recently is like going, okay, well right now I'm so on the fields and that's what's going on right now. Yeah. And it does, it's not
1: glamorous. No, there's nothing there. You're looking at dirt. <laughs> you're looking at nothing but dirt. Exactly. Right? You got it. But you know, you've got to do this and it's going to be like, it's not going to be for months, right? You know, you, until that thing is going to like sprout from the ground and you're going to reap the rewards from it but you know, we get sometimes so caught up in these things and we try and force things, it becomes really painful.
0: Well, and also, you know, yeah, seasons, like when we're in a season we don't like of life, it seems like it's going to last forever. Yeah. But that's the thing is like this too shall pass. Like everything passes. It just yeah. does in a certain amount of time. But like it, when you're in it, uh, I don't know if you can relate, but it's like, I feel like almost always, I'm like, I know this will pass, but it feels like it's going to last forever. I can ever.
1: Yeah. You know? And that's the hardest part is like, because well, we this... resist it so yeah. much. I think that's part of it. It's like, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be like the most, you know, beautiful part of your journey and your life. But I, I think we just make it so much unnecessarily worse right. on ourselves, like by judging the place that we're at. And then instead of just being like, well, maybe this is exactly where it's supposed to be. Right. And I feel like to, to tie this into kind of what we're talking about, you know, maybe there's a season for you where you go, it's like, you know what? It would just be good to like earn some income right now. Mm-hmm. Like that would be really great to just earn some income. And you take a couple of jobs and you go, it's like, cause you know what, this is where my, my value is right now. And then that season ends you know, it's like, okay, I've done that. And even though maybe the offers are still coming in for you to do stuff, you just go, nope, that season's done. Yeah. I'm in a new season now. I'm in a new cycle. And this cycle is all about me doing this fucking thing. Right. Right. Because that's what's has value. That's what I want to do right now. Before I wanted to do the things to make the money to, you know, boost the bank account a little bit, do some things, maybe go on a trip or whatever. That was what was of value to you. You know, we're not, we're human beings. You know, we're always, we're, we're in constant response and relation to the world around us. Mm-hmm. We're in constant relationship to the things going on around us. And it's not always going to be the same. Our relationship with what's going on is not always going to be the same. Yeah. And I think when we get more in tune with that, yes, there's this cycle that goes on within us. And to honor that cycle, and we say it's like, "Yeah, no, I'm not supposed to just be doing this always." I can't just do this one thing over and over and over again. How boring is that? Totally. You know, so sometimes like it is about putting all of these projects away because sometimes like these projects, even though you, you know, you love them, you want to do them, you know, you're not in a place for it, right? You're not in a place to do it, you know, but we will even struggle against that. Right. And, and likewise, you know, we'll be miserable doing, you know, these paid jobs or something that we're doing, would we'll be just completely miserable doing it. Um, where was I taking this? It was basically the flip side to it. You know, it's like, right. you can be miserable, you know, doing the, the paid thing and then not putting your, your passion things there. You're not giving that any kind of a place in your life where you can set that paid thing aside and say, no, this is what I'm doing.
0: Right. And I I think that's, you know, you put it, you you put it well, like, you know, being able to put your paid thing aside to do what you really want or, um, doing the paid thing because you're building another value that requires you get paid. You know, it really does just come down to honesty you know, like it really just really comes down does. to being honest, like just be real and authentic yeah. with yourself first before you even are with anyone else. Totally. I mean, like, and it starts with how you feel. Yeah. Like it's I told, a feeling. I, I told one of the producers the other day and I just said straight out, I said, look, like I, the, it's, you know, the reason why I, why I want this or why I'm doing this is because this is what I want in my life right now. And, and they were super receptive to that. They were yeah. like, okay, all right, cool. Like I get that, you know? And it was very like, you know, it's, it it was very much like, okay, we're on the same page. Like there's no, like everybody's on the same team here. And it's like, like, of course they want, they, you know, they're going to want me to do it. Like that's their goal. That's why they're calling me. But like at the same time, like, you know, there's enough of like, I'm not going to like, I'm not, I'm going to just be real with you guys and tell you where I'm at and what I want right now. And yeah. like, you
1: know, and I think and like, it's not about being a dick about it, you no. know, like, because when there's respect there and when there's honesty there, people say, Oh, okay. Like people, it's surprising how much people will support you. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think people respect the truth. Like when you're honest with them, they can go, okay. Like I, you know, like there's just no, there's no, like no, uh, like, Oh, I'm worried if I say no to this job, I'm going to start losing jobs. It's not, it's not about nobody
1: will work with me sometimes. Yeah. Especially in artistry and like artistic industry. You think that if you like say no to something once to somebody and they'll just be like, well, fuck them. (laughs) Like i am never like, why do we think that people, I mean, I'm sure there's situations where there's, you know, total ego tripping, you know, industry monsters out there. They, they're, they're out there. Sure. They're out there, but they're not as common as people think. I think they're usually kind of a rare thing.
0: We also, you know, I I think so too, but we also, um, on another note is we also teach people how to deal with us. Like that's another thing. That's the plus side of being honest with people is like the more honest I am and the more open I am with people, the more they expect that from me, the more that they start to see that I conduct myself that way. And I think that, um it builds something in the long run. You know, I think what ends up happening is it builds a certain kind of respect. I mean, that's the thing about honesty is like it might not be what people want, but they can kind of respect it, you know? Yeah. Like, um and I think that the truth is sometimes hard to tell because we're worried we're gonna hurt people's feelings or step on their toes or lose an opportunity. And we feel like the truth is somehow going to get us into trouble. And in yeah. certain ways, sometimes telling the truth might cost you briefly but like in the long run it builds something and i think that's yeah. what we forget and i think that's why sometimes people opt to you know deceive or lie not just to others but to themselves because we think that somehow by by playing a part or an act or something that somehow it's going to be a benefit in the long run yeah it, or benefit but I mean, not mean in the long run but we think it's going to benefit us somehow or or yeah. avoid some type of pain we're worried we might have to encounter occur. yeah but it really just is, i think it all just comes down to honesty and when you start seeing that the long-term benefits of it and the bigger the bigger payoffs even not just long-term sometimes short-term yeah. when you start seeing that honesty can pay you you i think you'd be less inclined to to be an authentic less inclined to lie or yeah. deceive yourself or others because it makes more sense and also the real plus side of it though regardless of what it builds with other people or sometimes costs with other people, you build something in yourself. You build a certain kind of solidarity, I, I believe in yourself mm-hmm. by, by knowing what you really want and being really real with yourself, you know? And, um, and that, and that pays off because you're with you always. So yeah. it pays off always, you know, it's an investment in the bank that always pays you back, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think. Uh, you know, you might get little gains by being like inauthentic, but that costs you your for a lot in your life. So yeah, the short term gain isn't really worth it when you look at the exchange. Um, I was thinking, uh, should we introduce this beer?
1: Yeah. Let's talk about this beer. What do you think of, of this little, you know, it's, um, that's an easy drinker. Yeah. That's like, it's, it's, you know, like the last one we had, um, was a real like easy, easy drink. Hmm. Um, where did we get that last what did I bring on that this last time? <laughs> I can't even remember. Was it a, was, it wasn't a Pilsner. No, it was, was a Kolsch. Like yeah, yeah, um, this is kind of similar, but it's like, it's very, yeah, it's super light. Like I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say it's like, it's a lager. Okay. I'll just say it's a lager. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of got a nice, almost citrus to it. Let you have it well, maybe not so much, Uh, like tiny bit, but I don't know. It's just like, this is, this is like sunny weather, Mm. like just like crisp, cold, like drink it down, (laughs) like be social. (laughs) Easy, easy, smooth drink. Yeah.
0: Well, it is called the elementary. The elementary. And it's uh, from four winds and it is a lager so uh oh yeah, excellent just, i love four Winds. yeah they're really good <laughs> um so uh this crisp and uncomplicated american lager is brewed with corn and finished with new zealand hops for subtle hints of lemon and lime so you were pretty good on the citrus thing Oh, crisp, citrus um yeah so uh four Winds, my man i that's you know that's what i went for today i was like ah, let's just do a nice little light lager today and you know, something, something just easy,
1: easy breezy. It was a nice day today. Yeah, it was nice. Beautiful you know, the spring has sprung. Um, man, so um, should we should we wrap this guy up here? Let's do or? it. Let's let's wrap this baby up. Well, this has been um, this you know, I I I'm I'm always still uh still kind of amazed sometimes by these by these talks. Um and I don't know if people be- like really truly believe that this we have nothing coming in. We don't. We really don't. We just start. Yeah. Um with just in the back of our minds of like all right this is going to be something about artistry, something about industry. Um but this was I this was a really great talk. Like I feel like some like some of these things that we talked about today were things that we've, we've touched on, we touch on quite a bit, you know, we talk a lot about being authentic and stuff, but you know, there's always something new being revealed, a new importance, a new value, a new understanding about the importance of these things, um, by coming back around and and re-examining this. Um, but yeah, I think this really, this was really all about being honest, um, being honest with ourselves being honest with our world, um, and being honest with our work, Hmm. um, being honest with where we're at, honoring where we're at and, and not fighting it so much, I think, you know, um, and, and finding a balance between, between passion and practicality and, and, and these types of things. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like, it's really, if there's anything, it's like, it's all comes down to your emotion. Like you want to start getting more authentic, check in with yourself, how you're feeling. Like, what is this making, what is this making me feel? Cause we're, we know when we feel uncomfortable about something, listen to what that thing is. Yeah. That's making you uncomfortable because it's, see what that's all, all really about. Um, and you're going to start, and then it's the courage to then now give that some kind of an expression, or even if you're not giving an expression, like honor it, mm. like acknowledge it. Um, cause sometimes it's just for yourself. It doesn't always have to be shared. Yeah. Right. Um, some things can just be for you, but I think that I would encourage the artists out there. It's like, you know, you need, you need to start doing the stuff now. Yes. You know, like you need to start doing the stuff now because again, this is, you know, you are one of the, the beings on this planet here to help give other people expression Hmm. here to help give other people something that they are not capable of doing themselves. And because it's not an easy thing to do, but for us to be real artists, this is the thing that we have to engage with. And the thing is, is that it's actually a better way to live. Hmm you know, once, once you get past the initial discomfort, because it means, it means coming up against a lot of societal programming, a lot of the norms, and it's, it is uncomfortable. Yeah. But the thing is, is that people are begging for honesty. People are dying for people to, to speak something with truth. Um, because it is such a unifying thing for us. It connects us to each other when we really, allow ourselves to talk about these things. Um, so start talking about them hmm. and it starts with, and it starts with you. Hmm.
0: I really like what you said there about, you know, it's got, it's starts starting now, start soon you know, get on this, like be honest right now. I think that the sooner you, you jump on board the honesty, honesty, authenticity train, the sooner you're going to experience the, the ease of life and the benefits of what you want. I mean, I really think that, like, it's, you know, you don't have to necessarily go out and tell everybody everything. It's not about that. It's just about being more real with you and, like, going, like, this is what I like, what I don't like, what I want, what I don't want, and it's not always about getting what you want or doing what you like either, but it's about knowing whether you like or don't like or want or don't want something. And then you can make better decisions Mm -hmm. on how to deal with that because you're being honest about it. And, you know, I think the, the, the thing about the season thing really resonates with me right now, because for me, I definitely struggle with wanting to always be in control of my life and wanting it to be the way I want it to be. Mm -hmm. And so this has been kind of a battle for me a little bit recently in my life as an artist, because there are certain things that, um, I've been planting the seeds to build towards something. And it's still, you know, it's still in that stage of like, um, you know, I I don't get the harvest yet. It's not like, it's not all there for me to just take what I want yet. Yeah. And, you know, being okay with like, that's where it's at, you know, and being honest about like, that's, you know, that's where it's at. And like, you know, I think, I think the thing is, is like people who are always going for the immediate gratification don't see, um, the benefits of what it means to like plant your seeds and then, you know, reap the harvest later, because that's what sacrifice is. That's like when you put money aside, when you start practicing, educating yourself, doing all that stuff while you're doing that, you might not be getting the benefits of that education or getting the benefits of those say quote unquote
1: sacrifices. But I was going to say, just like to jump in here quickly, to me, it's like, it's only sacrifice when you don't trust the process. Sure. Yeah. That's
0: and that. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to be mindful, but using that word. What yeah. Do you, what do you think a better word than sacrifice? Like it's like, uh, you, the way I look at it is this like temporarily putting aside your immediate gratification, you know, which isn't really a sacrifice. It sometimes feels like it, but yeah. it's like, you know, sometimes you want to, you know, you might want to go immediately do something or you want to avoid doing something because it's either painful or you just want to feel good. And I think the thing is, is like, if you don't make it about quote unquote, feeling good all the time, that like, it's okay to not feel good. Like that's, but that's probably the biggest thing I've been working on. It's like just being okay with not feeling good. And that like, I'm not saying like I, it's not like not being healthy it's just like I'm doing something that's like uncomfortable right now or it's not as comfortable as I know it, I could make it and so why am I doing that like for example um setting aside some time to read a play as opposed to say watch some Netflix yeah. it's a little more painful to read the play i mean it's not done for me so i have to like you know i have to interact with it more and I, you know i you know also um, when I'm watching television or something, I can kind of I find I mean I'm pretty relaxed. I mean reading a play isn't that hard, but I can relax a little more watching TV than I can a play. Mm-hmm. So making the choice to read the play as opposed to watch the TV show is a certain kind of thing where it's not as comfortable. But I do it because it's creating benefits later down the road. You know, it's building something. Yeah. So you know, and I, I think this is the thing. I think if we're just honest, not only are we going to have a better experience of our life, we're going to be, we're going to make better decisions. We're also going to build more real friendships and we're going to have a better experience of ourselves. So I think, I think the positives are there. And I think most people in, in my experience can recognize that it is better to be honest and authentic. Yeah. The, the thing, the big thing I would say, take away from this talk is that just go, why don't I do it? Like, why don't I be honest? why don't I, why don't I be real and authentic? Like, why am I not doing that? Just walk away and start asking yourself that. And like, when you're in a social scenario and you're about to do the thing that you do to like fit in, maybe (laughs) ask yourself, do I really want to fit in right now? Or do I want to be more like where I'm really at and maybe take a risk, maybe try and be real. And you know what? Sometimes it's not going to work out. Sometimes you're not going to get the result you want. Sometimes it's going to be a surprise, but like, yeah, I really think that if you are willing to be more real with you and with others. Yeah. That if you don't just like do it once and then give up on it, if you stick with it for just a little bit, you're going to start to see the benefits
1: of it. Yeah. You're going to start planting those, those seeds. seeds yeah, right? totally. Right. And, and then, yeah, it's, and trusting, trusting it, you know, like the honesty seeds,